It's now time for the Billy C Show, part of the BillyCBoxing.com network. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C Show. Good morning. Good day, good evening, whenever you're watching, whenever you're listening, I hope you're doing okay today. Today's show is being brought to us in part by the Title Bow Championship computer game. If you're looking for a simulation game that's the best on the market, check out Title Bout. You can visit our website, billycboxing.com, and click on the Title Bout banner. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by the Southern Gourmet Spice Company, Get yourself some Kenny Bears, www.southerngourmetspice.com. Just tell them Billy C sent you. And, of course, today's show is being brought to you in part by my book, Tom Molino, From Bondage to Baddest Man on the Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold. And you can get yourself a copy of this book right now while you're watching or listening to this very show. Just visit barnesandnoble.com or, of course, amazon.com. If you're looking to get a signed copy, don't worry about it. Just drop me an email, Billy at Talkin Boxing. That's T A L K I N B O X I N G dot com. Okay, we just got done uh, watching Terrence Crawford stop Sean Porter uh, in his uh, title fight. Uh, Terrence uh, Crawford uh, wins officially by a 10th round uh, stoppage, 1 minute and 21 seconds of the 10th round. Uh, Sean's pops stops the fight after being dropped twice uh, by uh, uh, Porter. Uh, well, Porter was dropped twice by Crawford. Um, <clears throat> all right. I love the fight. Um, I, it just, you know, I, I'm a big I'm a big Sean Porter fan. I always have been. Uh, I love the way this kid uh, constantly comes forward. And, uh, you know, he, he, you're always going to get a, a, the, his all. But he's such a hard guy to fight. I mean, he's so unorthodox and crazy, uh, coming at you wild. I mean, he's he's reminiscent of uh, of a caveman coming at you. You know, uh, Terence Crawford, I think, proved tonight. Um, even though Bud came out, um, I I just think he's a better boxer. Uh, I think he proved um, that he can stop uh, a, a charging bull. His hand speed, his accuracy. Um, I, 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 I thought he had a great performance. I had to fight close. I had it even uh, going back and forth. Uh, to be honest with you, at the time of the stoppage, uh, I had uh, uh, Crawford uh, winning rounds 3, 4, 6, 8, and 9, and uh, Porter rounds 1, 2, 5, and 7. Um, I thought round 8 was a great round. Uh, I, I made a note to myself after the ninth round, I said, uh, I think Crawford seems to be taking over this fight. And then uh, ultimately in round 10, uh, Porter goes down not once but twice. You know, I, listening to the commentators, you know, going back and forth with the rounds, um, they were all close. And, and, and you could have you could have scored the rounds really either way. I mean, uh, there was no uh, there was only a couple of dominating rounds by uh, by Crawford. Uh, I, like I said, I gave the first two rounds to Sean Porter. I know uh, some of the guys that were uh, scoring uh, the fight uh, uh, on the broadcast anyway 
and uh, around the world here, uh, gave round two to Crawford. I made a note that it was close, but I gave rounds uh, three and four to uh, Terrence Crawford. Uh, back to Porter in rounds uh, five. And then uh, six, I gave to Crawford. Back to Porter in round seven. And then uh, eight, nine, and of course, ten, uh, all in favor of Terrence Crawford. I think he proved uh, that uh, he's, uh, I think he's the best uh, welterweight out there, no doubt about it. Joining me right now uh, is uh, uh, Alex uh, Papali. What's up, Alex? I can't hear you. I have no sound, Alex. Oh, wait. Uh, hey, Billy C. Hey, now we got, now we can hear you. Hey. You got to So what'd you think of the fight? I loved it. Uh, I thought it was a really good fight. Um, I, I had uh, Crawford behind, actually, um, going into that round, and I, I was just tweeting, um, he's got to win on my card. He has to win all these rounds and probably put him down. And before I had even finished that, that sentence, he put him down. You had, um, you had Crawford behind going into yeah. the tent. Yeah. I, I do agree with you though. Some of the rounds that you had, uh, Crawford winning. Um, I did, I did agree that they were close and I thought they could kind of go either way. Although I, I thought they went Porter's way. You know me, I like a busier guy. And I thought that a lot of the rounds, it was Porter that was busier. However, um, there's no doubt about it. It did seem that Crawford was, uh, he was going to turn it on. Uh, he was holding back a little. He was waiting to shift into a later gear. And, um, and when he did, he did. You know, he he may have been the, the busy fighter and pushing forward, but he wasn't landing as many shots. Dax is with us now. Dax, what was your thoughts on the fight? Um, pretty much. And matter of fact, I think I commented back to Alex about a similar um, about that tweet that he was just speaking about, and I made several other uh, tweets where this is where Porter becomes his own worst enemy. Porter needs to stop throwing the looping hooks and he needs to throw a few straight punches in between there because he was landing those right hooks quite a bit but just like with the Keith Thurman fight just like with the Errol Spence fight and just like with even Adrian Broner he gets overzealous he gets too much into it and he goes too wide with those punches and he gets caught in between them this um in those other two fights, he wasn't hurt. There were flash knockdowns. I'm not really sure how hurt he was in this fight. You know, obviously, we weren't there to see that. But um, somebody like Terrence Crawford, who's a sharpshooter, is going to take advantage of that. But I had Sean Porter winning that fight. And if Sean Porter would have been a little bit more, if he had a little bit more controlled aggression, if he would have uh, pushed the pace a little more through a few more um, straight punches and hooks, I do believe he would have beat. Terrence Crawford, and I will say this, I'll get it out of the way now, Terrence Crawford did not look like the pound-for-pound pound number one fighter in the world. I would say, and I bet money right now, that Jerome Boots Ennis would have knocked Terrence Crawford out tonight. I don't. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, what yeah, was the I What disagree. was the score? What was the score? I'm curious to know. You both had uh, 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 Porter up. I, I had it close at the going into that tenth round. I had it 86-85 Crawford. I mean, I, I thought it was close, but what? Uh, 
What kind of uh, numbers did you have, a Alex? What, what what was your score going into that tent? I, I had it six rounds to three. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Dax, how about uh, you? But two of those rounds were very close and could have gone the other round way. Wow. Um, huh. But I had sorry. a sorry. I had an eighty-seven, eighty-four in favor of Porter. Wow. Uh, see, I guess those closer rounds, you guys scored more. Towards, see, I, you know, I, nobody's a bigger Sean Porter fan than me, but a, a lot of those punches that he was throwing, and granted, he was throwing them, but they weren't landing flush. And I think that those those chest body shots that that uh, Crawford was showing, I, I was scoring for those. Those were landing flush, you know, and, and they were stopping Porter in his tracks. And And to be honest with you, that's why I think that fight was stopped. You you say uh, uh, you know you, you didn't know if he, he was if he was that hurt. I, I I do think he was hurt. I think his legs were not with him. That's why he was pounding the canvas, and his pop saw that. I I, I don't know. I I think that you know they made a good point, although the commentating wasn't all that great. But I I, I did think they made a good point uh, when they said that the father they thought the father stopped the fight. Um, because he was, he knew what was about to come. Uh, thoughts on that? I, that's, I agree. Um, that that's what he didn't want his son to go out there diminished against one of the best fighters on earth. Uh, I disagree with Dax. I, I think that, uh, to me, it's this fight reminded me very much of Canelo Kovalev in that, um, even though, um, the, the favored fighter was losing rounds. It seemed like, hmm, if he turned it up, I think he might be able to get this guy. And eventually he did. And, you know, he took him out. Um, now, not, not to say that he could have done it earlier. Um, I think he did have to figure him out. And, um, but no, to me, I, I think he showed a lot of things that um, do make him, um, one of the best fighters in, on earth. I, I don't know. To me, I like that Canelo's busier. I like that you, what Usyk did. But um, I saw the inactivity uh, uh, works against Crawford. But what I saw tonight, I loved. I loved those che check hooks. He gives you the check hook from either side, from the southpaw with a right hook or from orthodox with the left hook. So fast, so accurate. And all his punches are, I mean, Bill, it's remind, reminiscent of that bad intentions. Um, there's so much snap in his punches, even though um, it's, uh, you know, Porter was the one, you know, wearing the Hagler-esque robe. Crawford's the guy that reminds me more of Hagler. I thought he did remind me a little bit of Hearns. But Dax, what would you think uh, uh, about that? With uh, the father stopping the fight? Yeah, yeah. What, what, did you think he was hurt? Did you th did you think it was justified? I mean, what was your thoughts? And again, as I was saying, I wasn't there. Um, we criticize referees a lot of times for stopping fights. You can be, Bill and Alex, you guys know, we can be sitting five feet from the ring and you can't really see into the eyes. So we really don't know how hurt Porter was. Um, and his father would know better than anybody, even better than the referee. So Porter may have been he may have really been that hurt and his father just didn't want to see him end up going out completely knocked out or take any further punishment because, you know, uh, Sean isn't going to quit. Now, back to my other statement is that even at 140 pounds, as good as Crawford is, 
He has always been a slow starter. He was a slow starter at 135 pounds until he gets into these the fourth, third, fourth round. We these new younger guys that are coming up are the 2.0 versions. Um, Josh Taylor was there tonight. Look at how Josh Taylor performs from the opening bell. And Josh Taylor isn't reckless. Josh Taylor doesn't throw wide punches. Josh Taylor has an iron chin. Um, again, a Jerron Ennis who starts so fast. He has such great reflexes. He has Pernell Whitaker type reflexes. I've, you know, I've seen him up close in gyms. We've seen him on TV. Uh, a Virgil Ortiz Jr. who starts fast. You know, and these guys, they haven't quite reached their prime, but Terrence Crawford. He is one or two fights away from these guys being one or two fights away towards their prime. And these guys, you're not going to be able to start slow with them. Yeah, but you know what? I, I, listen, we, and they, they, been, they, hit, they hit hard. They're big welterweights. It's just not going to happen. Listen, and that takes nothing away from his skill set. It's just I don't see it happening. We've been talking about Terrence Crawford, the, the boxing world, for, for years now. He's 34 years old. He's 38-0 now with, with 29 knockouts. I, I think it's pretty obvious that these guys are avoiding him. They put the camera on Errol Spence. He gets up shaking his head after the knockout and walks away. Like what? Shaking his head like, oh, that wasn't a legit knockdown? It wasn't a legit knockout? You know, I, I, I don't know. I think it's pretty obvious that the, the welterweight division uh, is avoiding Terrence Crawford. He, he, I mean, how much more does the guy have in him? At 34 years old in this division, you're right. The young fighters coming up are the young guns. But, I mean, the existing crop should at least fight them. What's your guys' thoughts? Well, I think that'd be a great fight if he fights Jerron uh, Innes. If the if the Spence fight no, I'm talking about happen. the big. I'm talking about the bigger fights like with with Spence. Like Spence, yeah. Well, well he, he even that... mentioned Thurman, but Thurman is he even in the discussion anymore. He hasn't fought in two years. Nah. No, no. To me, like Dax was saying, I think it's it's Ennis, it's Virgil Ortiz, it's uh, your Dennis Ugas. Um, th those are the kind of guys we're talking about. Um, and Errol Spence, yeah, of course, is the fight the fight you want to see. Um, uh, that's what I'd like to see because number one and two, no matter how you slice it, um, and and I think I agree with you that I would have Crawford over Spence at this point. Um, if those two guys fight, I think you get an undisputed champion. I think that's the way. What we, of course we should want to see um, in this division. Um, Porter, I, Porter, Porter. You can make the argument that Porter beat Spence. I mean that late. Uh, what was it? The eleventh round that 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 knockdown. Um, you know, probably uh, well, definitely iced it for Spence. So I, I mean, yeah, I would lean towards uh, Crawford as well, and and maybe a Josh Taylor, Dax. Maybe maybe a Josh Taylor fight does make sense. You know, the, as, in terms of the top welterweight, it's not that I'm putting Terrence Crawford down, but even at 140 pounds, there was a lot of problems with his promoter. If I was Terrence Crawford years ago, I would have got rid of Bob Arum, and I would. Me went too. To I've how long have I said it, Dax? Come on. I've been saying it for years that Bob Arum is the guy who has kept Crawford down. I mean, it's fact. And, but, but not just Bob Arum keeping him down, but then you have the PBC who doesn't want any of their fighters to lose their 
coveted O. So then what they'll do is it's okay to lose an O to a fellow PBC fighter. So this way we can just use that to market the other PBC fighter with their O more instead of actually putting him against the best. And unfortunately what happens is it's wasting the prime years of fighters like Terrence Crawford, um, you know, fighters, and I said this about AJ uh, with the Wilder fight, you need to be more assertive with your promoter and demand that you want these fights. Uh, somebody like a Ter I mean, um, an Errol Spence who has two belts, you know what, yeah, you can call the shots, you know, it comes to that point where you can call the shots, but they choose not to, and it's not it's unfortunate to Terrence Crawford. I'm not saying that, you know, Terrence Crawford's ducking anybody, I'm not saying that Terrence Crawford can't beat a Errol Spence or any of those other guys. What I'm saying is just that right now, as you stated, Terrell, I mean, uh, Terrence Crawford is in his mid-30s. There's only a few years left of his prime. These other young guns are in their early 20s, and they're beasts. And what's going to happen pretty much is just like what happened with Triple G, where all of a sudden, you know what, Triple G is 36. He's starting to slow down. Um, he's not cutting off the ring as well. You can see his punches coming a little bit more. Now everybody wants to fight with Triple G. Hey, I want to give a shout-out to uh, uh, user Amok, who just uh, said, I think once Boots, he's agreeing with you, Dax, uh, evolves his style and works out, uh, he thinks that he might be the guy that beats Crawford. Um, you know, time will tell. Everybody runs, uh, uh, nobody beats Father Time. I, I, I just honestly think that um, between the promoter and the rest of the division, uh, Crawford, you know, hasn't really been dealt uh, uh, great opportunities. He's obviously making the best of them. Um, who, who could beat him uh, at the at the top of that division, Alex? Who could beat Terrence Crawford? Well, I think the only one uh, that you know I, I think has a shot is Errol Spence. I think there the other ones that will make for interesting fights. Um, are, are guys we've discussed. I, I think Dax has a point. Uh, um, youth is certainly on the size of, uh, and size, physical size, as well as youth, are on the side of Jerron uh, uh, Ennis. However, but I, I just think he, he's way too green for I a think... guy like Terrence Crawford. Um, so I, I think, I mean, Crawford, I, I think at this point, would, uh, would mop the floor with him. Um, so I do think that, um, I, I think, you know, physically, I, I don't know, to me that a welterweight, yeah, he's 5'10", that's big. Um, but I, I don't think that that would be that much of a problem for Terrence Crawford. Um, I do think that, uh, Errol Spence is certainly the skill, uh, and the, um, is the pedigree of the division. I think those are the two guys. That's what we want to see. I mean, I think this is the same situation that we've got, we got into with, um, you know, Joshua Fury. Um, so hopefully we can have it happen. I mean, we've been waiting for it for a while. Um, if it doesn't happen, uh, I think like Dax said, one fight that could be interesting, I wouldn't be surprised if we get that, is Josh Taylor moving up. Uh, I think he'd have a big disadvantage. Um, he is, again, he's a tall guy, but no, I, I would favor Crawford in that matchup too. Well, Dax, when you look at the, the rest of the division, I mean, I, I, I think a logical and what, and maybe not so, I shouldn't use the word logical, but what's most likely because of the way 
the business of boxing works. Maybe a fight with Ugas uh, gets him, um, you know, another belt should he win. I'm talking about Terrence Crawford to set up an Errol Spence fight. What do you think? One, there'll be no Ugas fight because Ugas is a PBC fighter. No, but I mean, so so was Porter. So was Porter, though. Well, exactly. So why are we going to fight Terrence Crawford when we can just fight Errol Spence and then one of those guys will be a three belt holder? And what we're going to do is we're going to shut out Terrence Crawford. When I speak about the upcoming guys, whether or not it's Virgil Ortiz, whether or not it's Jerron Ennis, I'm speaking in the reality of the boxing world. We're talking here for guys, even the elite guys fight once a year, maybe twice. You know, Canelo this last year and a half has been, um, you know, a totally different animal than what we're used to. But, you know, so you got to figure this is 2022. It'd be 2022 in just a little um, over a month. By the time Terrence Crawford has three more fights with top rank, it's going to be 2025. Yeah, but you and know, Aaron- uh, yeah, but 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 you know the 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 thing is, and 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 Alex, you know, I, I just you know when I look at Terrence Crawford's talent, he he's clearly has the talent. And okay, if you want to isolate and and look at Errol Spence, who was also talent loaded, um, I, I just think that, and and Errol Spence is bigger. He's a bigger fighter. I just think that really, I, I do agree with uh, Dax is alluding to that, you know, these these uh, promoters don't make the fights, but the Errol Spence fight is the fight that makes the most sense for that division. I, I mean, and then then you, you open up the door for some of the young fighters. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but like you said, I mean, I think we don't always get what we want and what makes the most sense. I mean, look what happened with Canelo uh, just this week. We'll talk um, about that. Hold on. We'll talk about that a little later. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, when you think about that, you know, you never know what, you know. The thing about this sport is that it is for it is a balance of risk versus reward. And um you know, Errol Spence, Spence represents a lot of risk uh, as well as the reward of saying, hey, I unified the welterweight division. So hopefully they both want to do that. Um, you know, well, well, at the end of the day, uh, I thought Terrence Crawford's uh, accuracy, hand speed, uh, it prevailed. His, and, and one uh, thing, one, one thing, yes. one thing I was impressed with. And I think if if I learned one thing out of this fight uh, about Terence Crawford more than I I didn't really you know really realize prior to this fight he could take a shot because Sean Porter did land a couple of flush punches, Dax. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Sean Porter's never been known as a big puncher. He's more of a valiant puncher. But in terms of the division to clear it out. There's just certain promoters that are causing this problem in boxing. You know, um, the 168-pound division unified. We've had the several World Boxing Super Series to get a boss of a division. The heavyweight division is pretty much one fight away from getting a boss. The way 
we would be able to clear up the welterweight division would be and how it used to be is where these young prospects like a Virgil Ortiz, Jerron Ennis, Connor Ben, Alexis Rocha, they start fighting these guys like a Danny Garcia, um, Kevin Lucas, the Mean Machine, um, uh, Jamal James, these guys who aren't quite in their prime but not quite past it. And they go and they defeat them. And then so this way, that would actually force a Terrence Crawford and a Errol Spence to fight each other because they wouldn't make any money as much money, I should say, fighting these young upcoming guys. And by that time, they would be ready to wind down their career. As far as Errol Spence goes, if he comes back and he actually fights at that top level, I'll eat my hat. I don't think Errol Spence is coming back and he will fight at that top level. There's been injuries that weren't disclosed, such as the hematoma to the eye, which turned out to be a torn retina. Um, he had some facial damage that there are rumors that was not quite fully uh, quite fully disclosed. I shouldn't say not exposed. We do know he had those dental implants. Um, we have seen Errol Spence more or less go through the motions in a lot of his fights outside of the Sean Porter fight, like with the Mikey Garcia fight, just like with the Danny Garcia fight. And then now with the accident and with the way he is in terms of medical clearance, I don't expect to see Errol Spence back into the ring, at least in at least 13 to 14 months if he's back into the ring at all. And if he comes back, he's not going to be on that high level. So Terrence Crawford needs to get away from top rank or he needs to fight one of these guys like a Josh Taylor or um, somebody else from the 140-pound division moving up like a Regis Pro Gray or even, you know what, dare to be great himself and move up to 154 pounds. You know, because the, the, yeah, but the truth is somebody has to step in the ring with him. I mean, he's the he's the guy that I think uh, uh, people should be call, you know reaching out to him. At least that's what I think. But on the undercard, that's what think, but that's not how it works. No, I know how it works. I, I know. I, I unfortunately I, I know too well how it works, and it's a shame. And that's what's the the, the whole problem with our with our sport. But um, I, I, I wanted. Well, hold on. No, uh, I just wanted to mention that. If you think about it, though, both these guys, Spence has not fought since December of 2020. This was the first time Crawford's fought since November of 2020. Um, so much of the pound for pound and who's the best of the division, boxing itself has to do with what have you done for me lately. Right now, Terrence Crawford is a massive chip in that he just did something pretty stupendous. He stopped Sean Porter. Um even though maybe, you know, it would have been nice to see one more knockdown. Uh, I can't help but feel a little sadistic to say that the guy's father came over and had to stop it, you know? So um, to me, that was enough. Yeah, but it was uh, his it was trainer. It's a, it was his trainer. It wasn't like the, it wasn't like the, uh, uh, in a previous it, it, fight, his 84 year old father. Like it was in the neighborhood. It was like the father I, I, came out from the lawn. It well, was like, you know, hey, it's, stop, a, stop, it's stop. It, nobody yeah. wants to take a risk anymore. They get a cut. The other guy couldn't continue. But I, I mean, it's well, the way boxing is. I did want to say, and I, I got to say, as an old guy, um, I, I really enjoyed this. Um, I don't really care for all the uh, entrance stuff, but these two guys, I enjoyed their entrances. Um, and how could I not? One guy conjuring imagery of marvelous Marvin Hagler. The other guy's coming in to uh, 
uh, a 1987 LL Cool J song. And it was the year he was born, but I was in high school. No, I, listen, I, I, you know, he, he was a great, uh, it was a great, uh, uh, you know, thing that Porter did for, for about Hagler. But this was, he, he was no Marvin Hagler in this fight. But uh, no, on but the under, I, and, I think Crawford was the one who was a lot more Hagler-esque. And uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought that, to me, if you do, if I do, Hagler if I, never fought like that. Hagler came right at you. <clears throat> he didn't. He didn't fight the way no, uh, for it. No, I know, but I what I was going to say was that even though I did have it six to three uh, in favor of Porter going into that last round, like I mentioned, I thought two rounds were close. Um, the and if I flip those. Um, it ends up five four for Crawford. So you know it was a pretty close fight. Yeah, there's no question. Uh, another uh, uh, un undercard that was <laughs> less than uh, stellar. Um, but, uh, you know, the one fight, I, I wanted to get your uh, guys' thoughts on on that middleweight. Ali Canula, I guess is how you pronounce it, his, his win over uh, Nadam. Um, I wrote it down. Alim, Alim Hanala. Yeah, Alim Hanala. that that guy, which I'll never be able to say his name. Um, you know, he showed promise, but again, uh, he he, I would they, they were kind of comparing him to Triple G, but he doesn't have that that one punch knockout power. I I what Buddy McGurk gave him the great advice. You know, when he said when he was fooling around during that fight, but he said, "Well, just stop him." You know, and then he, it took him all that time to stop him. Uh, what would you would you guys think of uh, that fight and him? Well, to make it easy on myself, I'm going to call him Zanabek. Um, You know, he's a former Olympian. He now has back-to-back -back wins over two former belt holders, Rob Brandt and Hassan Endam. Um, both have one thing in common, which is uh, losing to uh, Murata, who's facing Triple G next in the uh, unification bout. What I like about him is the way they brought him along. Even though Nadam is 37 years old and no doubt at the tail end of his career, he is and always has been an awkward fighter. No matter how many times he's been knocked down, I think Quillen knocked him down six times, Mew five times, so on and so forth. Uh, you know, so Zanabek, you have to give him credit for maintaining his composure. He stuck with his game plan, and he went out and just did what he had to do. And so far, he has slowly... They haven't been rushing him. They haven't been overhyping him. They have been building him properly. And I think that the next step for him would be somebody like a, um, a Lewis Arias or a Liam Williams who would kind of test his chin and kind of see if he can stay composed in a little bit of a firefight. And then I think in another six or seven fights that he's definitely going to be ready for a championship bout. Yeah, well, you know, we're running out of options there. Uh, Dax, I mean, uh, I'm sorry. Alex, what was your thoughts on the the, the headbutt uh, fight with uh, Falco and, and Volney? Oh, I, I thought that headbutt was rough. Uh, yeah, that was it wasn't the worst headbutt I, I've ever seen, but it's certainly his reaction. It certainly seemed like it must have been incredibly painful because you don't usually see somebody cry out. Um, yeah, but what about the sound when they played it back? Oh, I yeah. mean, it sounded like, like two sounded like, like two, two Rams heads, you know? Yeah, like when two they two coconuts. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was. Um. Yeah, it was bad and. Um, 
I did think that I, I did want to mention that I, I thought the uh, in terms of the uh, Alim Alim Hanala fight. Um, you just wanted I to say his name. I, I gotta. We got to because I, I think Dax is right. I think that we will get used. He'll be around for a while. I think that one of the things that was really interesting was that um, Buddy McGirt uh, and his team straight up lied. Uh, it sure seemed like he broke his hand or hurt his hand. So he yeah, but he never see him he, for a while. But he didn't. He didn't favor it after that. I didn't notice him favor. No, I didn't notice him favoring it either. But it definitely seemed like he was signaling to his corner. My hand hurts. What did you think, um, Dax? Uh, um, I I believe that he, um his hand. I don't believe it's broken. I do believe that um, he might have landed a punch and just caught a tendon, which a lot of times happens at the gym all the time when somebody lands a punch. If their hands aren't wrapped tight enough or if they happen to bend their wrist a little bit too much, they'll um, just you know stress a tendon, which will actually kind of put like a little shockwave up your arm, and it takes a few minutes before you're able to um, you know get full Feeling back your hand is what I think happened. I maybe think that maybe he was just pointing to his hand, saying, "I wanted to land the left. I, that's what I wanted the left. I wanted to land the left. You know, whatever." Maybe he was saying, "Hey, I'm buddy, pointing. after this fight, can you sign it?" Yeah, right <laughs> can um, you sign my glove? Can you sign my glove for me? Oh man, what, 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 right. but I think I yes. Yeah, speaking of all those, uh, the, the that um, the look of uh, what's his face, uh, Volney, uh, the guy that Iskina fought there. He didn't uh, look mean. He looked like he was a little that challenged. Was great. I like that. Uh, I like that stare he was giving him. Didn't work. It didn't. No, it it, it didn't really it wasn't work enough. Well, um, and that that was the thing is that. Um, I think that was the best part of the main event was that, and and I think Max, you know, was saying uh, he did. Max came out and said Se seven to one, my ass, um, because Porter was looking good. Um, but I, I'm not sure we did see um, any, you know, anything all that uh, competitive in the uh, undercard. No, no, and, no, and unfortunately for Terence Crawford and Sean Porter both is that Terrence Crawford due to poor promotion even though he's signed with one of the most legendary promotion companies in the history of the business has never gotten a fight with the type of payday that he should have and the problem with Sean Porter is the fact that win or lose he actually has the toughest resume of anybody in the welterweight division hands down there's no question and that Sean, Sean Porter he's fought them all Julio yeah. Diaz, Devin Alexander, Paulie Malinaji, Kel Brook, Adrian Broner, Keith Thurman, Andre Berto, Garcia, Spence, Ugas, and tonight, um, Crawford. Crawford. But yet he's never gotten that payday that even a Ryan Garcia has gotten, which is one of the things that frustrates me about the sport that you get a guy who is willing to fight everybody who doesn't care if he wins or loses as long as he gives it his all and he's out there and not getting rewarded for it like he's supposed to be. Well, the truth of the matter is, is you know, he's seeming, he's, to me, he's genuinely happy. You know, his, his whole crew, his family, his team, they all seem happy. So, you know, at the end of the day, uh, whether he could be making more or not, I think he's happy where he is. I, I think that, you know, he wants more fights, of course, but uh, 
uh, the window's closing a little bit on him. My final thoughts on the fight is that Terrence Crawford... It would just be a little nice if some of these fighters got paid a little bit more like actors in Hollywood where they were rewarded for their entertainment value more than their social media... Well, let, wait, well, let's be real. Let's be real. I, you know... These fights are not that entertaining. I don't even want to get into that, all right? I, I mean, we're jumping for joy. We're saying this was a great fight, but it really wasn't all that entertaining. I mean, I wouldn't say it was a, I wouldn't say it was a great fight, but it definitely had... Uh, definitely. Had it should have been a great fight. It should have been a great fight, to be honest with you. It should have been uh, a, a, a similar to a, I hate to say it, Hagler-Hearns. Yeah, it was entertaining. Uh, Crawford won the fight. He, his skill set was on display. Sean Porter, you know, his uh, being in shape was on display. His game plan was on display. Um, and, and it's it's what we got. You know, it was a fight we were looking forward to. It's just the way boxing is today. You know, right, it's, um, a, it's a different era. It is. A, and it's a shame. It's a shame because, um, you know, I, it, I wish I wish these guys climbed the ladder the way they used to. And, you know, you would end up, at the end of the day, when you got to these title fights, you would always end up with two top guys. We got two top guys tonight, in a sense, um, but uh, uh, Terrence Crawford should, should have, I, I agree with Dax, he, he, he should have had bigger fights along the way, and hopefully he made out pretty well. Uh, well, and I think, Bill, I think what you're talking about, like that old, the, if this fight was 20 years ago, or even 15 years ago, 10 years ago, um, the, the a, they were in the crowd, Winky and Vargas. Um, if it was in Vargas's era, it would have become a fight where it became something more than a sporting event. And um, this never did. Um, and I think that when that happens, it still does happen in this sport. It just doesn't always happen in the upper echelon. The, the stars of the sport tend to hold back a little. That's why um, Wilder Fury was so uh, savagely beautiful, is that they decided we're going to friggin' hurt each other. And you don't usually see that at that level. Um, we didn't see that tonight. I think um, they were it, trying. It never, it never was a Chavez, Melder Taylor, or a, a Hearns Leonard. No, but they were trying. They were trying to hurt each other. They had moments. Other. It and did have moments of that. They were, try they were trying to hurt each other, but the problem was was this. Sean Porter is inaccurate. He's wild. You know, he fights uh, like a caveman. His, his punches come from all angles, and occasionally he lands one. Terrence Crawford, he's more of an accurate, sharpshooter kind of a guy. Yes, his mean streak came out, and I think the size difference, because, I, I mean, Sean Porter looked like he was twice the size, you know, mass-wise, you know. Uh, uh, but uh, but anyway, I think uh, Terrence Crawford, uh, I would love to see him fight Errol Spence, but we'll see uh, who they give him next. But um, I, I wanted to talk about a couple other things uh, before we go. Canelo Alvarez, uh, uh, Alex uh, pointed me in this direction, and, and it was approved earlier this week, Tuesday specifically, that Alvarez is going to get a shot at the cruiserweight title, uh, Macaboo's uh, WBC title, uh, skipping over um, uh, what I think is some other big fights for him in uh, in the light heavyweight division. Uh, first, Dax, what, what's your thoughts with him jumping right into cruiserweight and uh, fighting Macaboo? I, I know that 
the WBC is instrumental with this because, you know, he's their guy. But what's your thoughts on the fight itself? Um, Macabu is... You know, he's, he's not a bomb. He's um, certainly got more in his tank than Kovalev did when um, Canelo fought Kovalev. But I have a feeling that we're not going to see Canelo around too much longer. He's made a ton of money. I think right now Canelo is going for the legacy. And I think he'd like to retire by the time he's in his mid-30s and enjoy his life with uh, his, you know, his life with his wife. I do believe that um, he has two children if I'm if I'm correct and you know after this what is there really for him to accomplish and why sit around and wait for this guy and that guy whether or not it's the light heavyweight division whether or not it is the super middleweight division to decide to come back why wait for Demetrius Andre who keeps fighting guys that are at the sea level to bust into your press conference and you're just going to give them a fight because they're pulling a Shannon Briggs type stunt. He has nothing to prove and this is more or less just to say that he is a, that would make him a five division champion and the cruiserweights nowadays are as big as the heavyweights were when Roy Jones won his title at heavyweight. So I'm not going to bash him on it. It would have been certainly more impressive if he would have somehow managed to get himself a fight with uh, Breedis or if it was just a couple years ago when he went and called out Alexander Usyk. But, you know, it is what it is. I'm not going to down him. And jumping up that much weight is dangerous. I don't care what anybody has to say about it. Alex, I know you uh, had some uh, strong thoughts on that. Um, But I will say this. Um, he did already win a light heavyweight belt, uh, theoretically, you know. So um, moving up to uh, cruiserweight is just uh, an, another title for him. Uh, so what, 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 what's your thoughts now? Have you have you calmed down a little bit or uh, or what? <laughs> well, I think that, uh, first of all, it was, to me, it's so interesting the way it happened. You know, it's like, asking you shall receive all you have to do is go to the convention um and boom and they, it, i couldn't believe how quickly they made the uh pre-fight pref- press conference and everything uh they already had their first um um face off uh yeah i think it's a title grab um it, it no nah, yes i agree with dax it, it is you know somewhat uh difficult uh possibly to move up if he moves back down um because we saw of course that was uh the doom of roy jones jr um but who knows if he'll do that maybe dax is right maybe he will he'll have one two fights at cruiserweight or another catchweight fight and that's it walk away well Um, if he if, if he fights if he fights cruiserweight uh, then, hey, Dax, will he go after Usyk? If he went after Usyk and he defeated Usyk... That'd be huge. What could I you would, say? What, would, how could anybody I, say anything about him, man? I would close all my social media accounts. I would never come on to a podcast. I'd never come on to YouTube. I'd never even show my face. I would change my name. I'd pretend I hate boxing and my favorite sport is Crochet. badminton. Because <laughs> badminton. 
<laughs> everybody would have some sort of excuse on what happened on how he defeated Usyk. They would have some sort of excuse. There would be a glove excuse. There would be that he was eating cows that were actually producing PEDs right out of their udders. There would always be something. It would just be he would never get any credit. So. I mean, as, as great as it would be, that's exactly what the result would be from the fans. You know, the fans today drive you nuts when it comes to accomplishments. There's no such thing as being able to accomplish enough in this era. Am I right or wrong? No, you're, you're right. But, I, you know, we're forgetting one important thing. We got the Bridgerweight division, too. Maybe he, maybe he goes and owns that one, Alex. Well, I think that's what we – I wouldn't be surprised if um, – and that's what's disappointing because – uh, what was it? Two weeks ago, I was I was so excited at the idea of him going up to cruise. I mean, to uh, oh boy, what a slip of the tongue! Up to uh, light heavyweight and fighting uh, Betterbiev or um, Bivol. I think Bivol is the most interesting. That's the fight. Like that's, that's the, the fight. Guy who has the most wrinkles that could possibly give him. Both the he has the athleticism at that weight class and the size, uh, and I think the savvy to give him um, a good fight. I think Bedriev is the is the, um, the the fight that that's the money fight. That's the psycho fight that got the put your head in the crocodile's mouth fight. Yeah, but that's Taylor, also that's but also for him. He he beats better. But but easy. but uh, see, wait a minute. See, I think that that's the risk most risky fight uh, oh, yeah, that he could when fight. When he gets hit, it, you know, he's gonna you're gonna get hit in the head. So that's and, why um, we're not seeing it. It's scary power. That's why but we think, won't see it. I think Canelo's so much better than him that I think uh, he he beat better Biev. Um And you're right. I think that's what's sad about it is that he's you know he's bypassing. Um, those two much more interesting fights to just grab a title against a guy that he should beat pretty easy. I mean, Makabu, if you look at his record, yeah, he beat Tabisu Machuno, but he beat a 2015 Tabisu Machuno. He stopped him. Then in his next fight, he got stopped in three rounds by Tony Bellu. So, uh, you know, no. Bellu was on a roll at that point in time, though. Well, well, well. I, I, I still like the Biv. I think the the Bivol fight would be good and, and to lead to a better BF. But the I WBC, think, I, I think, I think Bivol is one. He's MIA, and two, um, Bivol, in my opinion, between no, he's not a one punch knockout artist, but he has more power than the average guy and he has so many angles and he takes a great punch. Anybody who can take that punch that Bibble took from Joe Smith Jr. and come out and win the rest of that fight definitely can take a punch from Canelo. Now remember Canelo and their team offered Peter BF's team several times an opportunity for that fight and they got no answer so he moved on. Yeah, everybody else, like a Demetrius Andrade, who fights every third year, he's the only guy I know that Gary Russell wants to somebody to explain to him how he's allowed to keep his title with the schedule that he defends it. Well, he 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 was a guy yeah, that he was... he wants the Canelo fight, you know. Right now, it's the Canelo lottery, and nobody's willing to earn that position. They're demanding that position. So why shouldn't Canelo go out and make legacy for himself and retire early. Well, he's following the path. He's he's following the path of least resistance and I guess I guess we just got to 
he's going for pound for pound legacy, and it is what it is. One last thing, guys. Um, yeah, but, but it's, 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 least resistance. Has he really, in the last few years, had no, no, no? I, by, by on paper, though, Dax, it looks great. But when you, it, it's the, it's. Listen, you go to cruiserweight division. Would you, if you wanted to be the best, wouldn't you take, you know, like a Breedis or? No, or I said a, that. No, yeah, I said that earlier. Like, or like yeah, a young, or even, even, even Oakley. You know, he's a young guy. I, I don't know, or, or even a. Uh, a guy that's not a champ, which makes no sense, but a Dorticos. But, but the last few years, I mean, you got to figure he's for Triple G twice. He fought Danny Jacobs. No, I, I know. I, listen, Allen. pound for he pound, number Taylor one. Plant, you know, it's... Pound for pound, number one, for sure. Um, so, listen, I got this email from from uh, Patty, and she, she says, Hey, Billy C., I, I love the show. wish it was on every week, though I completely understand why you guys don't. I had an idea. Don't know if it will sound fun for you guys, but I like it. She says, what about doing a show who has the best jab and why? Uh, what goes into the perfect jab, uppercut combos, etc.? Uh, she says, uh, I feel I moved from a novice after two years uh, to a beginner at this stage. Start wondering what goes into these skills, etc., etc." Um I, You know, it got me thinking. Thanks for the email, Patty. I, it got me thinking about the jab. And I, I say to myself... You know, are we talking about the greatest jab in history? Uh, are we talking about uh, who's got the best jab today? Um, what's your guys' thoughts, uh, Dax? I'll, I'll start with you. In terms of who has the greatest jab in either, history? Either way, or? either way. Like when you think of a jab, who, who what, what fighter comes to mind? When I think of a jab, a lot of people will say, well, Larry Holmes. When I think of pretty much the perfect jab, I think of a prime Tommy Hearns, when he would use that jab and he would stick it out there in rapid twos and threes, if you got by that jab, that's when he shot that right hand and that's when you went to sleep. We've seen him do it with so many fighters, good fighters, not average fighters either. Um, also, um, guys like Jerry Cooney, who um, is very underrated because of his loss. He wasn't a great fighter, let's put it that way. He was, you know, he was very tough, but Jerry Cooney had one of the best jabs too, the way he would throw that straight out there, and he would always make sure that it, um, his shoulder was hiding his chin. So there's a lot of guys out there. Uh, Lennox Lewis, uh, Vladimir Klitschko, Vladimir Klitschko, you know, um, he got maximum extension on his jab, and his jabs were like a lot of guys' power punches. So there's um, quite a few guys that you can say for like the greatest jab uh, out there. I really don't can't pick just one what about you alex what do you think I, I think the first one that comes to mind of course is is uh larry holmes because his he was his was amazing and not only was it um because uh, jab has many purposes there's many there's at least what six different kinds of jabs maybe um you know you get the up jab um you know double jab um, so yeah, I, I do think that Lair, Larry's, of course, he could hurt you with it. Sonny Liston had another great one that was a power punch. That's who um, I think. I thought, I, I, I think when I think of Jab, I think Sonny Liston had the best, but, uh, Dax made, he brought up two names that you have to mention, Tommy Hearns and, and Klitschko. Klitschko, 
How many times did Klitschko fight and never throw a punch other than a jab? You know, right. I mean, uh, so yeah, yeah. No, right. that, I, I, that was not one of my favorites because it was kind of pawing. I like the, you know, whose jab I always liked was Ed, uh, Prime Edwin Rosario. Um, I like short, snappy jabs. Um, and But I do think uh, right now, uh, one we saw recently in uh, action was Tyson Fury. Uh, and it's, you know, monstrous. Um, the range of it is uh, freakish. Um, not not yeah. to raise not to raise Billy's blood pressure because don't even say it. I'm going to mute you. In, in, in our first conversation, um, Lennox Lewis had one of the best jabs. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say somebody else. I, I'll give you uh, Lennox. Yeah, Lewis. Lennox I, Lewis had I, one of the best power jabs that was followed up with a, a right hand. I mean, when you would look at uh, what he did to guys like just a Michael Grant or a um, how he would drive back somebody like uh, Shannon Briggs or even. Um, just so many guys that you know he he was really the first heavyweight of the modern era to use that you know really stiff power jab continuously to set up that right hand. I suggest you go and look at some uh, both both you guys go look at some Sonny Liston uh, footage. He he had a snapping jab. It, it was a it was a hurtful jab uh, that set up uh, 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 his his power punch, but. Uh, uh, I, I still there's so many so, so many good fighters. You know the thing is is a, a jab. When you think of good fighters, when you well let me let me rephrase that. When you think of great fighters, most of them all had to have had a good jab. And and oh, yeah. uh, you know that's that's the facts. Um, final thoughts on Terence uh, Crawford, Dax. There's no denying his skills. The only thing, as I've stated multiple times during the show is that Terrence Crawford needs to get nothing but big fights from here on out because he is reaching his mid-30s. His prime is going to, not because he has bad habits, not because he doesn't train hard. It's just, as you stated yourself, father time is undefeated and there's a lot of guys coming up and I can see something going on with, and I hate to say it, but you know, the PBC or one of those guys, you know, one of those type uh, promotion companies will wait till they see Terrence Crawford all of a sudden slipping then all, um, the fight that Terrence has wanted to make for the longest time or even his own promoter, Bob Aram, will decide Manny Pacquiao wants to come back for one last fight. <laughs> but other than, other than that, you know, what can you really say about Terrence Crawford? No, he's, he's great if um, he has a couple more wins against champions like an Ugas, or if he even moves up to 154 and faces, let's say, like a Brian Castano, I would have to say that Terrence Crawford goes down in history with the same type of skill set, the same type of meanness, the same type of ability, whether or not it be boxer, whether or not it be puncher, that you know we've seen in the Fab Four because he possesses a little bit of each one of those guys. Dax, I appreciate it. I look forward to next time, brother. Alex, final thoughts on Terrence Crawford? Um, I think that uh, he definitely um, made a very solid argument for himself in this, this uh, perpetual uh, argument for who's the best pound for pound in the sport. Um, he was due uh, for a fight, and I think that he did everything that uh, we wanted to see him do um i uh i think he makes a very solid case for himself as the best welterweight on earth 
Um, and uh, one of the he's at least in that orbit of the top three or four guys on Earth, uh, best fighters on in on the planet, uh, with in a way Usyk, Canelo, um, Crawford is right there. Um, I do think that, like Dax said, I think the clock is ticking, um, and I hope that I think because uh, this sport is. Like we've said, what what have you do, done for me lately? And uh, he has a real chance to make a, a strong uh, case for himself um, in the next few months because we know Canelo's next fight is sort of um, you know less than spectacular. So well, we don't know that. Fight, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, he's fighting cruiserweight. You know, it's a it's a you know cherry pick fight, Bill. Um, yeah, but it's still you, it's still a cruiserweight. Said. It's still it's still, still it's a cruiserweight. But come on, he's not going to give him any challenge whatsoever. Um, uh, it'll be more challenge uh, on the scale uh, than it will on the uh, in the ring. Um, but I do think that uh, uh, if Crawford was to get a, have a big fight in March or April. Um, he uh, has that ability to usurp uh, the pound-for-pound discussion from uh, Canelo, which, of course, that's what it's all about. When you're not the heavyweight champion of the world, that's what you kind of have to do. And uh, these days, it's all about winning a little corner of the Twitterverse for a little while. (laughs) Alex, I appreciate your thoughts. I look forward to you next time, brother. Billy C., my pleasure. Have a great night. Take care. That's Alex Papali and Dax Khan giving you their final thoughts. Uh, my final thoughts. Um, I've always said Terrence Crawford was a quality fighter. And I honestly, I, I didn't like the way a lot of people say he didn't fight anybody. Oh, look at his resume, blah, blah, blah. The thing I can't forget uh, about T- Terrence Crawford is that when he first busted out on the scene, he was the opponent. He was the B-side. It was like that on TV on some of the, 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 the bigger fight cards for the first couple of fights. I think uh, the powers that be thought that he was going to lose, and he never did. All of a sudden, he becomes the A side. And uh, I think that you know he has proven that his skill set uh, is there. Um, he does uh, uh, measure an opponent, and then he, he does have a mean streak. He's, he's a great finisher. Uh, he's got great hand speed. Uh, he's elusive more than than it it appears. I think tonight was a great example of that. I think that uh, the fact that that Sean Porter, even though he, he is kind of a a wild puncher in, in in his own right, I think Terence Crawford proved that you know he's even more elusive and and made it even more difficult uh, for Porter to land anything substantial. He seemingly landed a couple of solid shots on Terrence Crawford tonight, but nothing seemed to hurt Crawford. I didn't see him hurt once in this fight. I didn't even see him. I saw him stagger once, but I think it was a footing issue. Um, I think he proved uh, his accuracy and hand speed uh, is the best in the division. I don't see Errol Spence beating uh, Terrence Crawford, and I certainly don't see a th- Keith Thurman beating him. There's nobody left. Uh, where does Crawford go? I think he takes a couple of more fights. Uh, I, we'll see what's offered to him. Um, you know, he'll make some paydays. I, you know, I, I just from a from a business perspective, and Dax made uh, several comments about the business of boxing, and he's he's 100 accurate. Um, you know, the 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 thing I hope that doesn't happen 
is I hope that Crawford walks away on top and he's happy with his financial situation at that time or whatever. Um, I, I would rather see him do that than, than fade away to continue to make the money. You know, as he starts to fade, you know, he's fighting some of the young guns like, like Dax and Alex were talking about earlier on the show, and he gets bigger paydays, but his skill set starts to fade, and then that's what people are going to remember. They're going to say, ah, see, we told you about Terrence Crawford. I hope Terrence Crawford uh, gets a couple of more big fights and walks away. I, I do think he's, he's made some decent money. I agree um, and have said a long, for a long time that uh, Bob Arum is doing him no favors. But tonight was a pay-per-view on a uh, pay-for uh, channel or network. Um, so, you know, you're paying for the service of ESPN+, Plus. plus you got to pay for a pay-per-view on ESM, ESPN+, Plus tonight, which was uh, a little strange, but uh, uh, it is what it is. All in all, Crawford proved that he is in the pound-for-pound discussion uh, with a guy like Canelo Alvarez uh, and, of course, Usyk. Um, those, those three have to be the top three pound-for-pound pound fighters right now. Um, but anyway, uh, it was an entertaining fight, and uh, um, I wish the card was a little better. I wish all these pay-per-view cards were better, but it is what it is. Hey, um, we may be doing uh, one more show to close out the year, maybe two. Uh, the schedule gets a little light now that we're in the holiday season, but uh, if we do, I'll see you then. If not, I want to wish everybody uh, happy holidays and uh, look for us uh, uh, to hit it hard uh, for 2022. But uh, keep scanning the website, billycboxing.com, and uh, check out this channel because uh, we hope to do at least a couple of shows. We've got some historical stuff going on, and we may do uh, our end-of-year stuff. So we got uh, at least uh, uh, three or four more to close out the year. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby.